A date which will live in infamy. Both of those projects, initiatives, got off the ground because of the Guerrero. The 11 Olympic team members slain in West Germany. The Olympic Games. So geheimbare Brüder in America. So tausend Schafes at this guitar. Out of the 24 who were killed, were Americans who had come to learn in heaven. I say one million Jewish children who were made to be cut in Whoever heard such beautiful words, It is never too little. It is never too late. And it is never enough. Jewish History Soundbites, bringing alive the world of our glorious past. Here is our host, live from Jerusalem, Jewish historian and tour guide, Yehuda Geberer. Welcome, everyone, to Jewish History Soundbites. This is Yehuda Geberer with another episode of Jewish History Soundbites. And today, We'll talk a little bit about um, the very interesting side of the funding of the yeshivas in the interwar period. The funding of the yeshivas in the interwar period in general is a very interesting topic. How was it funded? Who funded it? Was it private? Were there public organizations involved? And of course, it was a combination of those factors. And I have mentioned it and talked about it in a few uh in passing, in, in other um, episodes, and perhaps we'll get back to that uh, one day. But what I want to talk about today is um, the role that women played in the funding of the yeshivas, and specifically one incredible woman, Mrs. Necha Golding, uh, mainly known as Annie Golding, and um, what she did, very amazing accomplishments. So we'll give a little background. In general, we need to, a reminder every once in a while about how much, um, in general, the Jewish woman does and, and be able to give her the appropriate credit. So it's good that we have a woman's episode in general once in a while in the Jewish history sound bites. And um, the women played a very central role in the interwar of fundraising efforts. I have to get a little context here. The post-World War I era, um, the Depression, everyone knows, uh, from the 1929 stock market crash, so of course there was an economic downturn and everyone suffered financially. But during the Roaring Twenties, when everyone was enjoying um, good economic times, the yeshivas of Eastern Europe were not the main, were not major beneficiaries of that time. They faced financial crisis. Many of them took quite a bit of time to recover from World War One. There was a period of expansion, a period of building. They were swelled in their numbers. Um, enrollment was at an all-time high, and the funding got out of control. Keep in mind that there's no tuition in those days as well. And for the first time, there becomes a norm 
almost for Rashi Yeshiva or at least representatives of Rashi Yeshiva in Eastern Europe to send people or to go on trips themselves to the United States, to other places to fundraise for the impoverished Yeshiva back home. This is mainly the the great citadels of Torah, the great Lithuanian Yeshivas. To a certain extent, to a lesser extent, there was also Hasidish Yeshivas in Poland, uh, Ramey Shapiro, Shore was in America for well over a year for his Hasidish Yeshiva in Lublin, Yeshiva's Chachme Lublin, and um, and others others also. So it's interesting on, on, on my trips, and I bring groups to Eastern Europe, whether we're talking about Yeshivas like Lublin or other Hasidish Yeshivas in Poland, whether we're in the Lithuanian areas, we're in Lithuania or Belarus, and we're talking about Litvish Yeshivas, Whenever we discuss the yeshiva, so funding comes up, and fundraising comes up, and especially the trips of the great Russia yeshiva to America in the interwar period come up because that left such an impression on American Jewry to be exposed to these, these leaders who utilize the opportunity of their being in the United States to also speak to people and to address crowds and shuls and give shiurim sometimes in the yeshivas that were in America at the time. And that always comes up as a topic. And I remember on one of the trips we were discussing this uh, this idea, the funding, and and um, and someone um, I didn't get to the part about women yet. And when when I was discussing with it on this on this trip, I was talking about the funding of the yeshivas in general. And some fellow um, on the trip was involved in fundraising for some Torah institution, which I don't recall. And he was telling me about it. He was sharing his experiences in fundraising for this Torah institution. And he was comparing it to what I was describing in the historical sense. And this is all on the bus in the middle of who knows where. I don't remember. And, um, and, and he tells me that, that he was, he was involved in some fundraising drive for this place, and a woman who was, I think, a widow or something, and she she gave over a large part of her her wealth to the yeshiva. And this man who was telling me the story said he was trying to encourage the rush yeshiva or the administration of the yeshiva to honor this woman by the dinner but you know it didn't work out because you can't really honor a woman by the dinner so as it happens historically there's been quite you know a few women who have been honored by dinner i think it mentioned it in the one of the Tayyar episodes that harry hershkowitz's wife and daughter were honored there are other examples also there have been women honored by yeshiva dinners it's not a crazy thing but then I told him about women, the women's role in funding the yeshivas of Eastern Europe in the interwar period. They played a major role. And specifically, there was a woman named Necha Golding, who not only did she play a the central role, possibly, but she was also honored by many of these yeshivas. There weren't dinners in those days, for the most part. There was, there was a couple of yeshivas that did dinners. Uh, uh, but um, she was definitely honored, and we'll get to that as well. So... Um, there ladies groups. There was all types of ladies societies and sisterhoods of shuls and of communities and what was called then Landsmannschafts, um, organizations of 
immigrants or children of immigrants from Eastern Europe who got together based on their geographical area of origin. And these ladies' groups or, organized, some of them organized aux, auxiliary uh, groups, I hope I pronounced that correctly, to fundraise for different yeshivas, Mir, Baranovich, Kletsk, uh, other yeshivas, and I, I myself was at the Mir Yeshiva, and till today, till this very day, there's a large plaque, which I'm, I'm sure most people have never noticed, but it's in the, one of the downstairs rooms of the, it's called the Independ, Independent Ladies Society, and of course, either because the plaque was made in Israel or because it was being translated from some Yiddish origin, which is what I also suspect. Independent is spelled with an E. Independent. Independent Lady Society. So you're talking about, I guess, a proto-feminist group. They're an independent lady society. And they were major funders of the yeshiva for many years. And it's this big plaque with all the ladies' names, all the ones who are members of the society. And there's a special place and plaque for them in the Mir Yeshiva till today. I have a, um, a, a um, colleague of mine who's a researcher, um, and his specialty is, is researching the yeshivas in general, but very into the funding of the yeshivas. And he recently shared with me a discovery of his that a lot of the correspondence that the, the Russia yeshiva in Europe had um, in regards to fundraising uh, to donors, to people who were helping with fundraising in America, was with women. There's, a, there's, a, there's all, loads of letters like this in either private collections or even in archives related to the Vada Yeshivas or the Joint or whatever, other organizations, or sometimes the Yeshivas themselves kept archives. And there's a, a, large, a large, um, car, large percentage of the correspondence that people like Rebbe Vasterman and the Chavetz Chaim himself are addressed to women, they're writing it on yeshi- on the whatever yeshiva letterhead, Baranovich or Radin, let's say, if it was Rebbe or the Chavetz Chaim, and they're writing it to a, women, to a woman, thank you for your donation. Now, at first, when he showed me a few of the examples of these, I said, eh, they're probably widows. Now, this guy is a competent researcher. He has quite a bit of... Uh, you know, data to back it up. It's not It's not one or two letters that he found, so he starts showing me more and more, and it can't be that they're all widows or divorced. Not only that, but sometimes it'll be written in the letter, send regards to your husband, or thank you, send a thank you to your husband, who's obviously the one making the money. And it's a fascinating aspect. Now, I don't know why the women played such a central role. I can speculate that maybe they had more time on their hands, they were able to be involved, the men were busy working, very often traveling when they worked, that's possible, I can't say that for sure, but definitely the most famous of all these women, the most important probably of all these women, like I started off with, was Necha Golding. Necha Golding herself was born in Lita, um, in Lithuania, she came, I believe, as a young child or even a baby to the United States, she immigrated, she married, um, I mean, Golding was her married name. She married uh, Mr. Sam Golding, who worked in the textile industry. And there's, he was very successful. They were very wealthy. They lived in a nice big place on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And they kept a very religious home, which was also not so common in those days. But I guess if uh, you know they're wealthy enough, they, it was it was a little easier. And um, and they 
they sent their kids to yeshiva, which was also very not common in those days. They sent their kids to an almost forgotten yeshiva in America. I know, love talking about it. Recently had about uh, yeshiva Srebeni Yitzchakhanan, which is one of the early yeshivas. But we sometimes uh, don't 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 point out. I'm sorry. It's important to point out some of the early elementary schools. Um, RJJ is remembered, but Yeshiva de Harlem is not so much remembered. And Harlem is closer to the west side than RJJ, which was on the Lower East Side. And so Nacha Golding sent her kids to Yeshiva de Harlem. She even sent two of her sons to learn in the mirror in Europe. So they're really, really dedicated Torah, religious, strongly traditional family. And her husband was, uh, was a big traveler. Um, textile business, and and he was very often on the road. She raised all these kids herself. They had a very large family, a lot of kids, and she's raising them herself. And in addition to that, she takes upon basically a one-person crusade to save the yeshivas of Eastern Europe from from um, financial ruin. As far as the mirror I mentioned before. She forms, she founds it, and heads the ladies' auxiliary of the mir. She does the same for Tel's yeshiva, for Kamenitz, Baruch Ber, Baranovich. She's involved in Radin. It, it's, 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 it's the scope of her activities. I mean, again, she's raising a large family, not completely alone, but her husband is away. Eventually her husband dies, actually pretty young, in the 1930s, from tuberculosis. And she continues on her own. Their financial situation is not the same as it used to be, but she keeps going. She not only organizes these groups and funds, the, and it's each time it's a different yeshiva, right? So one week it's for Tells, the next week it's for Mir. And she's asking all the time, she's asking people for more money, for more funding. This, this time it's for a different cause, for a different yeshiva. So she not only that, she hosts, she's the hostess of these Russia yeshiva when they come to America. Um, she provides them with kosher food. They literally sometimes stay in, in her house. Um, it's the atmosphere that she provides, uh, the the Haimisha home. She takes care of all their needs. She also has um, in the uh, um, a place up in the mountains, in a very famous town, oh, way up in the mountains, still at the end of the Catskills, or pretty up north, Tannersville. Now, Tannersville is a famous, uh, a lot of celebrities stayed in Tannersville over the years, um, but she had a, owned a home in Tannersville, and they would stay there in the summers, and many of the Russia Yeshiva stayed at her home in Tannersville. She founded a shul in Tannersville, she and her family, her husband, they founded a shul in Tannersville, and Ramesh Matra Epstein, she was very involved with the Slobotki Yeshiva as well, I don't know if I mentioned that. So Ramesh Matra Epstein, who came to America a few times, stayed by them um, and uh, went up to Tannersville with them. Her husband once offered Ramesh Matra Epstein, when he was already in his later years and not such great health, Ramesh Matra said, I rested enough at your home, now I need to continue fundraising. And Mr. Sam Golding said, how much do you plan on raising in the next month? He said, I hope to raise $5,000, which then was a lot of money. And Mr. Golding said, if I give you the $5,000, will you stay and rest another month? It's not good for your health to run around. So he thought about it and he said, okay. So he writes out a check. Mr. Golding writes out a check for $5,000 and Rabbi Shemotcha stayed in Tannersville for another month. 
I was Mr. Golding. So it was both the father and the mother that the kids got to see their support of, of Torah. When, 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 when Russia Yeshiva would come to her house, Mrs. Necha Golding would tell the maid to take the afternoon off and she would cook herself. She wanted to cook for the, for the rabbis. She had a maid working in the kitchen, but she wanted to do it herself. Now, um, in, in Tannersville, um, I said, or Baruch Ber Leibovich from Kamenitz, together with his son-in-law, Ruben Grzovsky. Um, Rebel Chanan Wasserman stayed up there in Tannersville also when he was there. Now, Tannersville in general was a very central, was and is a very central place. Um, later on, I remember my wife's grandparents uh, used to go there. There were yekis from Washington Heights. They told me that they went there because Rav Breuer went there. So, so this is obviously a much later period. And, and uh, Yibadal Achayim today, I, I, I believe Rav Herschel Schechter, the Roshiva Rabbi Yitzchel goes there. So it's always a place where Rashi Yeshiva go. In fact, an earlier Shechter also went there, who was also kind of a Rosh Yeshiva. I don't know if we would call him that. But Solomon Shechter, a century earlier, stayed at Tannersville. At the same time that he was at Tannersville, there was a, another celebrity there, Nathan Strauss, the owner, owner of, May, uh, excuse me, of Macy's. Um, he and his brother, and there was uh, Reformed Jews, also German Jews, uh, Yaki's in a certain way. And... Uh, and uh, they they very wealthy, famous family. His brother Isidore Strauss not only was a owner of Macy's, also a member uh, of Congress, and he uh, perished on the Titanic. Um, Nathan Strauss, of course, was a big philanthropist for projects in Israel and everything else. So he's, he was also Tannersville. Tannersville was where it's at. And here, uh, Mrs. Necha Golding raises it up a notch by having all these Russia yeshiva there. She herself goes to visit Europe. It said I mentioned that her, her sons were in the mirror. She comes uh, to visit the mirror. She also visited the Chavetz Chaim. And, and um, when she was there, she got a bracha from the Chavetz Chaim. Um, the Chavetz Chaim knew her through the correspondence. And uh, there's actually a few legends associated with that visit to the Chavetz Chaim. Unclear which ones, if any, are true. But uh, definitely she visited the Chavetz Chaim. That much I could say uh, did happen. Now she visits her sons in the mirror. And uh, sometime after she left, um, the mirror got indoor plumbing. Um, and they were the first and for a long time the only yeshiva that had indoor plumbing. Further south in the Hasidish yeshiva of Chachmei Lublin, they had indoor plumbing. But in the Litvish yeshivas, the mirror was for a while the only one that had indoor plumbing. That's one of the reasons that more Americans came to the mirror than any other yeshiva that Americans were not excited about using an outhouse and having a normal bathroom was definitely an attraction. And the question is, did she fund it? So it seems that she did. Um, however, there is correspondence um, that, that, that the joint funded the indoor plumbing. Um, so could it be it came from both? There was also maintenance of it, so maybe there was additional funding. But she was definitely involved in that project. Now, oh, here we come to... What the equivalent of being the guest of honor at the yeshiva happens when she comes to the mirror. And this is an, an amazing, I, I would never even repeat it if I didn't uh, see, see this story printed with my own eyes in a, in a publication published by a Yisrael of America. So if it got past those, uh, that censor, then I can repeat it also, that 
Rublaze Yudel Finkel, the Rashiva of the Mir, and Rubrucham Lavavitz, the Mashgiach of the Mir. In the middle of first Seder, they lead her, they're on her, they're, they flank her, they're, they're on her two sides, they lead her into the base Medrash. Rabbi Rucham stops the learning in the base Medrash in the middle of first Seder in the Mir. He bangs on the Bima and he points to Mrs. Necha Golding and he says to everyone, because of this woman, all of us are able to learn here and the yeshiva exists because of her. And then they escorted her out. So there you go. She's honored publicly in the mirror. An amazing story, an amazing... Uh, and if it wasn't just Rabbi Rucham, Ramat Cheshwab, who learned in Kamenetz by Rabbi Ber, he quoted Rabbi Ber saying that America stands on the merit of three tzaddikis women. Mrs. Stern, Mrs. Soloff, who was actually Necha Golding's sister, and of course, Mrs. Necha Golding. Now, there's a couple of things out of that statement. First of all, the fact of Mrs. Necha Golding's central position, and it seems that she got her sister involved. I'm not sure who this Mrs. Stern is. If anyone can, can enlighten me, I'd appreciate that. But what's more than that is Rebarach Ber is, is pointing out, whoever, he's telling this to his Talmidim. Ramat HaShwab is quoting this from his years in, in Kamenetz. He remembered Rebarach Ber saying this. So it means Rebarach Ber is telling young Bachram in his yeshiva, that America stands on the merit of three tzaddikis women. He's emphasizing that it's women, and sometimes they're the ones who the everyone's merit. That everyone everyone stands on their merit, and sometimes it's uh, it's the women who hold up the world, and that's an important point to remember as well. Now, there's uh, you know the Golding family, which is a very very prominent family in America. Now she has uh, Mrs. Necha Golding has has descendants who are in leadership positions in, in Jewish organizations in America, some very prestigious uh, positions. And of course, this is continuing her legacy of, of, of standing at the forefront of Torah causes, but the family possesses letters of, of from, 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 till today, original letters, correspondence from Reb Chaim Grzynski, the head of the Vadi Yeshivas, the Chavetz Chaim, Reb Baruch Berlibowitz, Reb uh, Epstein from Slabatka, from and it's a, an amazing uh, connection. So I just want to end off with a cute story, and then uh, and then with what Rabaran Cutler said at her Levaya. I was um, again one of my trips. You know, a lot of a lot of exciting things happen on the trips. You guys might want to join. It's 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 definitely a kadai. So there was uh, one of the trips I had. Um, you know, sometimes it happens, you know, I don't get to screen everyone beforehand. There was a very yeshivish guy. It happens, it happens, some trips have that. And this yeshivish guy, at some point, was talking in a very derogatory way about how Russia yeshiva today, in today's times, they, they uh, in the middle of, of, of the zman, they'll go to a wealthy donor's daughter's wedding, and this is just flattery. It's just giving them undue honor that that's undeserved. And 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 in the old generations, the Russia yeshiva would never honor balabatim like that because you know the, the, the real thing is kavanatay. Whatever it was, he was just uh, blabbering in in that uh, in that direction. So I said. Um, you know, I told him the story of Necha Golding. I said it wasn't just the Balabas, she was a woman, you know. And 
and uh, and I told her what Rabbi Rucham and Rabbi Lazi Yudel did in the mirror, and then I told him what I'm about to tell you that Rabbi Aaron, uh, what Rabbi Aaron, how Rabbi Aaron Cutler, she was very involved in Kletsk, and Rabbi Aaron Cutler um, used her assistance when he did his fundraising trip in America, and then when he came to America and he moved to America later on. So I told him. Um, what Rab Aaron said, which I'm going to say in a second, and he said, if Rab Aaron did that, and, and you know, I trust you, you're a historian, if Rab Aaron did that, then I back down from what I said. I said, if, what about Rabbi Rucham? He said, Rabbi Rucham was in the mirror, <laughs> you know, I don't know, mirror, but, uh, Aaron, if Rab Aaron did it, then okay, then, then maybe I'm wrong. So, so uh, what did Rab Aaron do? Rab Aaron um, was... You, you know, she set up the, uh, the, the, the funding for Kletzky Yeshiva, and then she helped out Rabarin when he came to America, and then when he came to America the second time. And um, Rabarin, by her, Rabarin Cutler, by her Leviah, by her funeral, he gave a Hesped. He was the only one who gave a Hesped um, besides for Abisrol Stam. Abisrol Stam was a tremendous tzaddik and a Talmud Chachim from Kelm. He was a big Kelmer who moved to America, was a rub on the West Side. He was also the private tutor of the Golding children. Later was a Rebbe in Tervidas, also he moved to Eretz A very, very special man. A uh, very, also unique story. And uh, so he gave a Hesped, Rebbe Stroll Stam. And in addition to Rebbe Stroll Stam, um, Rebbe Aaron Cutler gave a Hesped. And in it he was crying, there were tears coming down his face. He said that she was the Tzadikis Hadar, the tzaddik is the righteous woman of the generation. He says, he continues and he says, there will never be another one like her. And she was like a daughter to me. And I can't go on. And then he stopped. An amazing thing, amazing uh, connection that Rabaran had with this woman who helped his yeshiva so much, who helped build Torah so much. And that's the story uh, of women and Necha Golding in the connection to the great yeshivas of Eastern Europe. So this was Yehuda Geber with Jewish History Soundbites. You can reach me at ygebss at gmail.com for questions, comments, sources, and of course, trips and tours to sites of Jewish history. Subscribe to Jewish History Soundbites on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Don't miss an episode. You can follow us on Twitter at jsoundbites, and I hope you enjoyed.